Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of Trundlebed Tales. Uh, this is the this is what <laughs> welcome to Trundlebed Tales, the podcast about Laura Ingalls Wilder, historic foodways, one room schools, and other social history. This is Sarah Utah, the host and creator of Trundlebed Tales. Find us all around the web under Trundlebed Tales and on your favorite social media platform. If you listen or just have an account on a podcast system, please leave positive feedback because it helps people find the show. And this is episode 139, looking ahead at Laura Ingalls Wilder fandom this year, 2023. And with that, I am going to say let's do a little housekeeping. And I should also mention that I am also doing a version of this YouTube, um, or YouTube, I'm doing another version of this episode on Facebook Live, uh, so you can find me on there too. On there, you're not going to be able to hear the sound effects like the lovely Washington dishes that you just heard taking you into the housekeeping. And uh, I want to, as always, mention that you can be part of the show. You can call in at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll free, 1-877-633-9389. That's toll free. 714-242-5253 or toll-free 1-877-633-9389. You can also always contact me on um, uh, by email, info at trundlebedtales.com. You can reach me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, uh, on Vimeo and Flickr too, actually, though I'm not on there very much. And I have been working on updating my website, so uh, that is definitely something to check out and, of course, trying to keep the blog current. And uh, there is my parlor clock ringing the chime because that's good because that's actually going to be one of my YouTube videos really soon. I'm going to be doing a Laura in the Minute on that. Okay, uh, the other thing I wanted to make sure I let people know before we get into the main part of this is I did an episode last night just on uh, the podcast part, not the Facebook part, where I was talking about doing the trip I took down to Hannibal, Missouri to see the TV show people. And I kind of walked through step-by-step what it was, especially focused on exactly how it was in Hanville, Missouri, because 
if I I would be very surprised if they don't have them back. And doing a reunion thing on a riverboat is a unique enough experience that I could see people wanting to do it. So I go through and tell you the, uh, exactly how to do that. And that is episode 138, if you're looking for it. And with that, I think that is the end of housekeeping. So I guess people who are listening on Facebook, do you think not having the sound effects and the music changes anything? Is it worth having it? I hope you say yes, because it's a bit of work to put it in, and I, I like it anyway. Uh, this is an episode that I do once a year, the Looking Ahead episode. The first two episodes I ever did was an end-of-the-year roundup in 2010, and then a, a Looking Ahead uh, podcast in 2011. And so I also do a blog post for the Looking Ahead, and you can find it on my blog under Laura Ingalls Wilder events around the country. Now, I do post it as a blog post when it comes out, but I continue to update it on the page of my blog under Laura Ingalls Wilder events around the country. So if you want to know what's happening every place, or if you're just wanting to um, see if I, if I put something in, you can always find it on the page. The blog post itself, I don't change, just the page. That, we're going to go through those events that's going on this year. And we have definitely missed some of these. But I think it was worth the wait because we actually, the day I, I published this as a blog, I had two more events come in that day after I published it because, of course. And I've had at least two more to add since that time. Uh, so I was really trying to wait until I was confident I had the majority of stuff and I found a lot of information, but there's still stuff that I do not have. And I am going to be continuing to look back and try and find different things. So I go through these things in a chronological order according to Laura's life. So we start out in Pepin, Wisconsin. And this year was Laura's 156th birthday, which is one where I had... Uh, I always have my on-air birthday party. I try to have it on the 7th. I almost always do. And if you are uh, just listening to this, I am giving a severe look to the Facebook Live camera because I expect to see people here for the birthday party next year to share what they love about Laura. This uh, last year, since Pepin, is, of course, where Laura and Mary were born. They always do a big deal for the birthday. And uh, this year, they had a special program with Laura Keys. They uh, then did, um, they kind of have a little thing out at the cabin every year. It has ranged from being pretty elaborate with having 
horse-drawn sleighs to being fairly uh, small, but they usually do something on the Saturday closest to February or to the Saturday or Sunday closest to Laura's birthday. And this year it was on Sunday. Now, as an ongoing thing at the Replica Cabin, uh, they've got a new program. This was the second year they've done it called Home at Laura's Place. And uh, you're visiting the Replica Little House Wayside Cabin in Pepin on specific weekends. It is a cooperative activity of the Loringles Wilder Memorial Society, the Loringles Wilder Days Committee, and the Austin Tea Party Players. And I haven't been able to get a good answer to the question. Uh, They used to have a picnic table and very minimal stuff in the cabin. That is because they had it all fully put together and only open when they had people there to watch it. And it just didn't work out with getting people there to watch it all the time when it was much easier to get people to watch things. So, and that's my mom who's coming through. Uh, she always wants to hear what's going on in Lauren Wilder fandom, right? She just gave me a thumbs up. Anyway, uh, so I'm not sure. They, I think they must have taken that picnic table out, which was what they basically had in there, which I really don't know how they did. It was super heavy. But uh, they, for these specific days, they're moving furniture in. I don't know if they're leaving some of it in there. I don't know if they are moving that picnic table in and out. I really want to get up there and see exactly what they're doing, but I haven't yet. And they're doing them on the second weekend, Saturday and Sunday of the month from 9 to 5, and they're doing it May 13th and 14th. We already missed that one. June 10th and 11th, July 8th and 9th, and August 12th and 13th. Now, their big event has traditionally been Laura Days, and this year it's supposed to be September 9th and 10th. Uh, They have had some shakeups in the event, mostly because a lot of the people who had been doing it were at an age where they decided they had to retire. And so we're not exactly sure what's going to be going on there, but Dean Butler is set up to be their speaker at the event. So Dean is always a good person to hear. So it probably would be worth going just for that. And traditionally, if you're someone who has Laura clothes, like historic Laura clothes, and you're an adult, you will see more people in costume, both kids and adults at Pepin than at any other of the events. So if you're looking for a good excuse to wear your 1900s dress, um, this is This is the event for you. Now, Independence, Kansas, uh, long had an event called Prairie Days as the main Loring Wilder event, but they have canceled it for this year, and they say their focus has shifted to having a Carrie Ingalls Swainsey birthday party, which um, they said when I talked to them in August, so they have since come out with the exact date, which is going to be Saturday, July 29th. Uh, from 1 to 5. Now, that Carrie Ingalls Swainsey birthday party is kind of important. During 2020, it was pretty much the only Laura Ingalls Wilder home site event that happened as um, 
as originally scheduled. So that is kind of cool, but that is all they have scheduled for events. Um, quite a few years back, they were doing a lot of small one-day things without a lot of notification, but I just don't think they're doing events much right now. All right, Walnut Grove has traditionally done Pageants of a Dream. It was the 45th, I think, anniversary of it last year, uh, which is just, it, it, it was the most Hollywood of all the pageants. They do such a great job, very professional, very well acted, uh, polished to a perfect shine. And what they've decided instead is to stop doing Fragments of a Dream and to start doing a trilogy of new plays. And it takes you a little deeper into Laura's story and also hopefully encourages more people to come. So uh, we will just have to see how that goes. And I'm actually going to be making a quick uh, overnight and back trip to see the pageant with uh, my friend Kelly in July. So I hopefully will be able to see that and I can report back on the changes. Uh, that's going to be, uh, or they have the pageant, July 7th and 8th. July 14th and 15th, and July 21st and 22nd. Now, those are Friday and Saturdays because that's when um, Walnut Grove has their pageant. They just do it the two nights. But to keep it and things going on during the day, they have the family festival, they call it, in the Walnut Grove City Park on pageant Saturdays, which will be this year, the 8th, the 15th, and the 22nd. The festival goes from 11 to 6, and this year on July 15th, they're going to have William T. Anderson of the great, uh, the great Laura Historian and Cindy Wilson, who wrote Beautiful Snow about the long winter and is from that southern Minnesota area. And they're, uh, I haven't heard of there being other speakers, but uh, they actually just had their director uh, retire and they had a couple other positions changed. So uh, we're not sure what's going to be happening at Walnut Grove or DeSmet as they get things worked out. Hopefully we will learn more. And I did the family festival last year. It was a great time. If you get a chance, be sure to go. And if you're going to the pageant, be sure to, to go. Okay. So uh, 2024 will be the 50th anniversary of the Little House on the Prairie TV show on NBC. Walnut Grove is the home site that has had the most to do with the TV show and has announced they are definitely following up on their 40th and 45th reunions with one uh, next year. They don't yet have any information as far as dates, but it's going to definitely be one of the pageant weekends. I know they are looking at a particular pageant weekend right now, but they have not sealed the deal and uh, I'm not authorized to put out, out yet. So watch for that very soon. If you have, if you plan on going and haven't yet, look at the lodging and uh, lodging option options for next year and get it in place because that is the key thing to a solid Walnut Grove, Laura Ingalls Wilder vacation 
is to get a good place to stay because there just really isn't one right there. Okay. Baroque uh, has a lot of smaller events throughout the year, and this year they are planning them again, but they haven't really done a great job planning them very far back. So as I find out uh, about these events, I will post them. Uh, they did their annual meeting, which was also on Zoom. I hope they continue to do that. If I had known about it as a member before it happened, I would have joined. Uh, since I did not, I hopefully will be able to catch the one next year. Uh, the Loringus Wilder Park Museum annual meeting was January 19th. Their Spaghetti Supper is an annual event from since they started the museum. It's a big deal, and... Um, I could tell you many stories about it, but I won't, except it was this year, March 4th, and it's normally in that early spring, late winter thing. Um, let's see. They also had Laura's Sack Lunch drive through meal, which was a fundraising thing, and they were working with um, the um, – Winnesheet County Cattlemen to do a sort of drive through, buy this meal and go on. There'll be, there were um, an open house with the new schoolhouse building, presentations by their Little Miss Laura's and refreshments. Laura Days this year, which is their Laura event, is June 23rd through the 25th. And they are doing a coloring contest again this year. It is online and what you need to do is print it out and color it and send it to the museum by June 12, 2023. It's open to eight, nine, and 10-year-olds. If you send them uh, a colored sheet and you're one of those ages, they will have it up in the museum the rest of the year. And they do have a winner. It will be announced at the Laura Day celebration. You don't need to be present to win. Uh, the winner will receive the Laura Ingalls Wilder Coloring Book, illustrated by Cheryl Harness. And uh, there is a link directly, well, it's on their page too, but there's a, a link directly from the Laura Ingalls Wilder events page. Okay. Dismet is going to likewise be doing a brand new production, but Dismet often does uh, brand new play productions. Uh, it is, this, this time it's described as featuring Laura in early Dismet history. It is Heart of the Prairie. Uh, for years, they would do one where they were basically, uh, they'd come up with a script, they'd do it two or three years, and then they move on to the next book. And then they were trying to uh, rigorously go through and do one um, play each year. So you'd cycle through the books a little more regularly and this the last couple of years and this year too they're doing more of an original production this one's called heart of the prairie and i'm very sorry i'm going to miss it because i would like to see what they're what they've come up with but uh it's going to be and they do three days on the weekends they do pageants in dismet uh, July 7th, 8th, and 9th, July 14th, 15th, 16th, July 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. The gates open at 6, the performance is at 8. They have um, food there, 
They have a gift shop. They have uh, wagon rides, different stuff you can do. I normally recommend getting there closer to 6 just because there's a lot going on, but you can go later. If you want to uh, pay with a credit card, you need to pre-buy tickets at the Ingalls Homestead the day of. If you are willing to pay cash, you just go through the um, gate. You don't have to pre-buy. There aren't reserved seats. There are reserved seats in Walnut Grove. A traditional event that dates back basically to Laura's time in town is Old Settlers Day, which is sort of a Dismet celebrating Dismet. Um, it's a little bit more like a town that sizes event would normally be, like, you know, beef days here in Solon. It's more like that and less like the pageants and all Laura stuff. It's going to be Old Settlers Day, which is Saturday, June 10th. And uh, the first school event, um, which that's all the information I have on it, first school event is going to be July 15th, 2023. Now they are also having, now I think this is the SMET event for number three. They did not give these names to their events themselves, but the first time they did a big thing, we, you know, the fandom just started calling it the Dismet event. They did another one a few years back, and I think this is really the third one because they have, uh, on July 22nd, they've got, are going to have Judy Thompson, who's the one who did the art behind these uh, Pioneer Girl books. She did the cover art. Uh, Cindy Wilson, who wrote The Beautiful Snow About the Long Winter, and William T. Anderson, who is Laura Person, and he is also going to present at, on, at 2 p.m. also on Sunday, July 23rd. The Ingalls Homestead, which is uh, literally the homestead land the Ingalls homesteaded, uh, and is now more or less a living history museum with tons of hands-on activities. Uh, they have an event every year in relation to uh, Harvey Dunn. Now, uh, Harvey Dunn, if you do not know who he is and you're from the Midwest, he's sort of South Dakota's version of Grant Wood. He was a very famous illustrator and was, in fact, a teacher of illustrators. If you uh, really liked anybody who was putting out illustrations in books or magazines and the, out of that New York, New England area during the first half of the 20th century or so, there's a good chance that Harvey Dunn was their teacher because he did a lot of stuff with that. And then every summer he used to come out to Manchester, which is where he was born, and is one town down the line from DeSmet. And it was um, no longer there, basically, because there was quite a few years ago an F5 tornado who came through that area of South Dakota and there happened to be a lot of storm watchers right there. So there is video footage of the houses of Manchester blowing across the Laura Ingalls Wilder Historic Highway. And almost every building in town was destroyed. 
they have since they had a cement pad that the building had been knocked off of and they used that to build a store it yourself type place so there's that still in town and they have the um, town pump that's still there as sort of a monument and some stones with writing on them but it is kind of interesting because the streets are still there they were i you know i i was only there once before the tornado hit so i can't tell you a lot of detail about it but the roads are i think they must have been like a chip covered um with the you know like tar and gravel things because they're mostly gravel now but they're, they're still solid roadbeds. So you can drive around the town of uh, Manchester even though there is no town. And that's really a weird thing to do. Uh, if you do do that, I would stay towards the center and the eastern part of town. The road still for the western part of town is there, but it was in a lot worse shape the last time I was there, which was, Oh, probably over five years ago, so I imagine it's in much worse shape now. At that time, you could see the roads of Manchester on your little uh, GPS, GPS electronic map, which was also kind of cool. So anyway, Harvey Dunn was the nephew of Nate Dow, who was Grace Ingalls' husband. So he was uh, Grace's nephew and being such a famous artist he would come back every summer and do work around Manchester uh, do drawings uh, sketches uh, look for sites to paint and then as sort of his hobby in addition to doing his work he was getting paid for he would paint these huge canvases and they you really you see them reproduced a lot but until you see the real things in the museum you don't understand how large and impressive these things are they're just gorgeous paintings and uh he these weren't the ones he got paid for. These were just things he did for fun. So he had uh, a bunch of them saved up, and he'd given a couple to uh, different people. He gave a couple to Aubrey Sherwood. He, there were a couple in the Dismet Library. And uh, they decided, and I think it was probably Aubrey Sherwood's suggestion, because he was always coming up with stuff like this, that they do a Harvey Dunn exhibit in the uh, one of the halls around Smet. So they had an exhibit there and had just so many people constantly coming and telling uh, Dunn and the people there how wonderful it was to see these paintings that Harvey Dunn decided to donate the mass of those um, paintings to the state of South Dakota provided they set up a South Dakota art museum. And there is on the campus in Brookings, the South Dakota art museum. And it has 
basically the largest collection of Harvey Dent's in the world. They always have a Harvey Dent exhibit up. Quite often they borrow pieces from other places too to fill holes in the collection and they focus on different aspects of his work. It's always worth a stop. If you were someone who liked children's books in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, you might recognize the name Paul Goebel, who did uh, Native American stylized picture books. And he donated his lifetime collection of his work to the art museum in Brookings. And they always have some of those up too. And then they have a variety of other things that mostly, you know, cycle around to different topics. But it's always worth it just to see what they have for Harvey Dunn. And I always recommend the Agriculture Museum uh, also on the Brookings campus, which is very good. Although something I thought was a really important part of their permanent collection turned out to have just been a temporary exhibit and long gone, which is a shame because it was one of the best one-room school uh, history uh, exhibits I've ever seen. But anyway, I digress. It's still worth going there. But the reason I told you all that is because in honor of Harvey Dunn, there is an organization called the Harvey Dunn Society. And every year they set up a plain air event on the Ingalls Homestead. Now, a plain air event means that you are having plain air. It's basically open air in French. And it's a couple days event. And they go in and uh, they paint on location things that they can see on location. And then they have a uh, wet paint sale on Sunday. So if you want to buy one of the works they did that weekend, they could. There is a reproduction of one of them available for sale in the Ingalls Homestead. That was one of their favorites. So you can always get those there. It's a fairly small one. When I was little, uh, they used to have uh, paintings that they would check out to the kids at school. So you'd get, you know, get to see different paintings and it's that size. It's just like a five by eight little thing. So someday I really want to do that because it would be so cool to experience the Smet a different way. And I think it really would be fun to uh, participate, but I think you mostly have to do watercolors and I don't know that my skill is up to it. Uh, but I think, I think anybody who is can participate. It's a three-day event, August 11th to the 13th, with the wet sale on the Sunday the 13th. And I have a link to a previous blog post a few years back where I give a lot more detail about what they do at the event. And, oh, David Patrick says, Painting on the Prairie. I don't know if they have a name or not. Is that the official name, David? No. Anyway, they call it the plain air event. So with that, uh, they do have two Christmas events, the Christmas at the Ingalls home. No dates yet confirmed. It's early shopping, so it's a chance to tour the Ingalls house on 3rd Street free of charge. Stop at the Loring Ingalls Water Memorial Society for your free ticket. 
Uh, it's normally a one-day event. I haven't heard anything on dates this year. Again, with the change of leadership in DeSmet, I don't know that they are going to do it, but they have the last couple of years. Uh, also, a barrel full of Christmas Memories Radio Play, which is a online Christmas-themed reader's theater event that they have the people involved in the pageant do. Uh, they've done a couple of those, which are still on their Facebook page, the Dismet Pageant Facebook page, if you want to look back at them. Uh, they, I would be surprised if they don't do this again, but there aren't any dates of it. This last year, they also had an option so you could watch it live at the Dismet Event and Wellness Center for a ticket. And I hope they continue doing that because it really is uh, – a nice event. Now they had said they thought they were going to do one for Old Settlers Day too. I have not heard anything else on that, and I guess I will have to do some digging because if they are, they're about out of time. All right, the Ingalls Homestead does one of the best jobs of keeping track at what other Laura sites in their immediate area area within the town are doing, and they keep a link of updated events uh, there, and I have a link to that also on the page. Fits us down to Spring Valley, Minnesota. Spring Valley is where uh, Laura and Almanzo went after. Uh, he had diphtheria and they needed to recover and they thought the weather would be a little better in eastern Minnesota. So they were in Spring Valley for a while with his parents. Uh, they are a fairly small Laura site. The, the museum is named for Laura, but most of it is basically a county museum. They have some really nice agricultural collection stuff. Um, they they are really convinced that the reason you are there is to see the stained glass windows, which are very nice, but um, I am not there to see the stained glass windows. They had a couple people working there. Uh, they've since retired that just dug up every possible thing on the Ingalls family. So there's like the register showing where Miss Mother Wilder uh, bought things at the general store, things like that, ads for the store Royal was operating for a while. The, if there is anything there, they have dug it up, and it's just a really nice Laura display. It is getting a little older now, the last time I saw it, but still a great display, a monumental amount of work to dig it up. All right, so they do Clean, spring cleaning, May 6th, we missed. They have an ice cream social, June 17th at 5 p.m. They also have a one-room school workshop, and they call it Eliza Jane One-Room School Days. I don't have a date for that yet. You'll remember that Alanzo's sister, Eliza Jane, was a school teacher. In fact, she was Laura's teacher, and things did not go well for her in despair. Uh, I talked a little bit before about the sort of weekend events that small towns tend to have in the Midwest and mentioned that Solon's was um, beef days. 
Well, in Spring Valley, they had ag days. Now, when the book came out about Laura's time in Spring Valley, uh, it made kind of a fuss, and they called it Wilder Fest for quite a few years. But then they have now decided to revert to ag days. They're going to be August 18th to the 20th. To be fair, they didn't do a lot with Laura at the event, although I think Agnet Days is kind of a pretty generic name to go back to. If they wanted to give up Wilder Fest, which I don't think I would have, but if they're going to, they could at least come up with something with a little more panache than Ag Days. But that's what they did. Um, those are going to be August 18th to the 20th. They also have a winter fundraiser. Uh, traditionally, they had done a tea in their mansion museum and they do have a small um victorian mansion might be a bit of an overstatement but not really it's a large house and it's beautifully furnished in victorian style and they normally have uh tea tables moved in there and that kind of thing i think they decided that was too much work and they're looking for a replacement, but I haven't heard. They may be going to do the teas again. We've got to keep checking. And you see what I meant about not having dates or things and why I held it off? Uh, Mansfield had been scheduling small events without a lot of notice. Now, that really hasn't been true the last couple years, but before the 2020 shutdown, it was. So I've left the note there, and I do keep an eye out looking for different things. Now, Mother's Day is uh, Friday, was Friday, May 12th, and they had a special Mother's Day activity. They also have a big Independence Day, which is mostly part of uh, the town celebration rather than a separate event at the museum. They also have a sort of living history camp. Quite a few museums do this. This is one of the few Laura-themed ones I know, and they call it the Rocky Ridge Adventure Pioneer Camp. It's uh, for ages, children aged 9 to 12, and uh, the cost hasn't been announced yet for this year, but it will be July 24th to the 28th. Uh, it will, according to them, Include a week of exciting adventures around Rocky Ridge Farm. Campers will enjoy many activities, bringing a hands-on perspective to the pioneer lifestyle. And uh, what it was previously, this is from last year's post. It may not be true this year, but what in, it, the registration included last year were five days of camp, a tin cup, a badge, a book, a shirt, and a hat with a bonnet for the girls and a coonskin cap for the boys. Now, the pageant, for years, we have had three Laura pageants, Walnut Grove, DeSmet, and Mansfield. The Mansfield one had the best seating area. It had the best back support for people sitting there, which doesn't really sound exciting, but honestly, once you have good back support, you do not want to go back. Uh, it was also a musical, and I personally liked the music a lot than the Little House and Prairie musical that tried to go to Broadway. Uh, and it just was such a nice program. But they had had to have the original people come back and take it over again. And after 
the 2020 shutdown, they haven't brought it back. And apparently uh, the rights to the script and song have reverted to the authors. Ozark Mountain Players, which is the group that put on the pageant, has dissolved. They are hoping that another town will, or another group in town will restart it. Um, but so far they haven't. This is the second pageant to close down. Pepin had one for a few years and then it closed. This is the first long running pageant to do so in Laura world. It had great music and I'm very sorry to hear they won't be doing it. They still sell the, the soundtrack, the music a soundtrack from, um, the show in the Laura Ingalls Wilder Home and Museum in Mansfield, I highly recommend. I wish they would sell it as a download. Um, sadly, no dates for that this year, although you will find notification of it still on some of the other websites around Mansfield. But according to the people who actually were running the thing, it's closed down. Wilder Days and the Loring's Wilder Fiddle-Off are going to be September 22nd to the 23rd. This is Wilder Days. is their big event. There's a lot of things going, around, going on around the museum. And I, in fact, am going to be down there. I'm not speaking or anything this time, but I want to get down there because they have opened up the houses that it is now okay to take photos inside. So I definitely want to get down there and get some photos to add to my collection. And I hope to get a new backdrop for my YouTube videos that is actually a photo in, from the house. But we will have to see what I get. Anyway, they also have, like Pepin, a fiddle contest of all uh, attached, which is uh, so, which has really become a big deal fiddle contest in the area. So if you associate fiddle music with Little House, you are going to get a great chance to hear it. Uh, they also have a, a fundraising dinner. They call it the Wilder Dinner. Uh, and it is the Friday night of the pageant weekend. The year I went in 2019, it was Allison Ungram. I don't think they have officially announced who it's going, the special guest is going to be this year yet, but it unofficially, it is one of the cast members. So uh, I'm going to do that too, because what the hey, in for a penny, in for a pound, and it's an extra chance to get to hear Pod's fiddle. They also have a Laura Ingalls Wilder Children's Festival going. Originally, this was part of the Cherry Blossom Days, which we will get back to in just a minute. That was in the spring. Instead, they decided to move it to the fall and have it be its own standalone event. Back when I was uh, getting my teaching license and first becoming a librarian, there was uh, lots of events around here where you had different authors come in and talk about how they wrote and how their books got put together and that sort of thing. And then you could get your book signed. The two biggest around here have gone out of, have just gone kaput. 
I think a couple others in this general area has. But this one just was started. This is the fifth annual one. And they also, in response to the American Library Association yanking the Wilder Medal, they have set up their own Wilder Medal to present to people. And it is much prettier than the one Garth Williams designed. Gene uh, Coday was the longtime a leader at Mansfield. She was the direct. She was a board member from 1960 to 2018. She was the director from 19 or 1993 to 2018. And in honor of her memory, all teachers and librarians get um, a a reduced ticket price for that day. It is always on the Saturday closest to her birthday, which this year is November 4th. They always have a Christmas event. It tends to be short. Um, lately, they've been doing it as an evening event, but it's decorated as Christmas, and I really would like to get down there sometime, but I have not. Uh, Malone, New York is farmer boy country and uh, it is not in the Midwest but it is definitely a major Laura site uh, they had their annual meeting January 27th they have celebration of youth and the Morgan horse on July 16th they have children's art on display along with essays award ceremony and announcement of honorary Laura and Almanzo there's uh, kids' art activities, 19th century games, vendors, food, entertainment, and more. And Dean Butler will be there too. Uh, it's always he has had a real strong connection with Malone because of he played because he played Almanzo, and uh, I think it's great that he's going to be there again. They have an annual cultural festival, which skips around between different ethnic groups in their area. This year, it's going to be a Scottish fling, July 15th, 2023. Uh, they also have an Almanzo and Laura anniversary celebration on August 25th. Uh, they have lemonade and cupcakes. And if you also had your wedding anniversary that uh, on the 25th, you get free admission. So bring something that shows that. And I know people actually have gone uh, for this that were married on the 25th. And it's just a really fun thing. They also have a fall event, the annual Harvest Festival and Civil War Living History Encampment, which is September 23rd and 24th. If you have not been to a living history site, they're recreating the Civil War uh, I see Eddie Higgins is on here, so I will will uh, specify the American Civil War, and they have like an army camp. They have then some um, civilian people around demonstrating crafts and that kind of thing. Always a nice thing. Then they are going to have a Christmas with Almanzo event. Still don't have the date on that, and they do announce that all t events and times are subject to change. Now, Vinton, Iowa, uh, is an is a thing for the Mary Ingalls uh, Society, which I uh, was a part of, and I still do their Facebook page. But it would take an entire episode to explain what has been going on there. So the long and the short of it is 
The official school for the blind is now with the school for the deaf in Council Bluffs, and the um, building in Vinton, the main old main where Mary lived and went to classes, is closed down. There's no access. You can, however, walk the school grounds, which is very nice, and you can still feel very merrily merry. Uh, When I was there last year, one of the two signs Mary Ingalls Society had put up is still there that you can get your picture with. Uh, Appreciate the um, name written in Braille of dots, not raised bumps. That was my idea on the sign. And um, they also have a the hospital building. This was a campus of various buildings. And what had originally been the hospital building is now the old hospital pub. And they had pretty good food. So uh, if you go to Vinton, you've got something to do anyway. Uh, Keystone has is the longtime home of Carrie Ingalls Swainsey. Their museum has what they believe to be the original China Shepherdess and actually material from the whole family. Uh, Details aren't set yet, but they're planning on a small event for this year's Carrie Ingalls-Swinsey's birthday party on February, or I'm sorry, on Friday, July 29th and Saturday, July 30th. It's going to be a small event with activities, music, and birthday cake. Uh, the Herbert Hoover Presidential Library and Museum in West Branch, Iowa, is doing a special Laura program. They do one every year in September with a speaker. Uh, they've changed format a little bit in the last couple of years. No word on date, time, or format for this year's event. The American Printing House for the Blind uh, usually has every other year a Mary Ingalls event and a Lewis Braille event. It has canceled all events this year because of a remodel, and it's not supposed to be finished till the end of this year, and knowing remodels, it may go longer. The Pomona Public Library in Pomona, California, which again, I I know I'm talking faster, but I'm getting towards the end of the hour, Uh, and I could talk for a long time about the Pomona Public Library, but this, uh, they didn't have uh, any Laura Ingalls Wilder gingerbread sociable this year again. They're hoping it will turn again next year, but they won't know until the end of 2023. As soon as I find out, I will. Uh, Old World Wisconsin in Eagle, Wisconsin has had a wild variety of things they do for Laura. They've gone from having a uh, two-month special focus with daily events to sharing Laura name on a different week on a weekend with another event that was going on so they're flip-flops all over the place and this year what they're actually doing are adventure camps the little house adventure summer camp is a one-day adventure camp for kids and it's held three different times registration is a separate fee from admission kids ages 8 to 10 are um, are allowed They're going to be July 6th, July 20th, and August 10th, which are all Thursdays. They tend to do events on Thursdays that they think will get a big uh, grouping anyway. I was there for their Laura uh, weekend once when it was one weekend, and they had, or it wasn't even a weekend, it was 
also, I think, a Thursday. It was a Thursday or Friday, and they had 2,000 people show up. Uh, I would not expect that kind of crowd for this, but uh, they know they have a strong audience for it. They also are having a, a one-day camp for kids and adults. The Little House Family Adventure Summer Camp is a one-day camp for kids and adults to go together. Uh, say so, but I think they expect you to bring a kid if you're an adult. So you can't just say, hey, I'm an adult. Here's my money. You have to borrow someone's child if you don't have your own um, Make sure you check with their parents first. Uh, we're, and that's going to be uh, Sunday, July 30th from 10 to 3. Heritage Hill uh, in Green Bay, Wisconsin, did an annual Laura event for many years. Uh, they, the last they said about it, they were going to start having a Laura event every other year going forward, but they do not have one forwarded for this year. Uh, when last heard from a couple years ago, they were considering bringing in a bigger Prairie Days event. Nothing on that. Uh, Genesee's Country Village and Museum uh, also did an annual Wilder Weekend. They seem to have given up for now, but they do have events that would be of interest to Laura fans a couple times a month, so check out their schedule if you're going to be in the area. Nelson Pioneer Farm in Oskaloosa, Iowa. Now, it's named Nelson Pioneer Farm for the um, family, and Mrs. Nelson was blind and actually was at Benton at School for the Blind overlapping Mary's time, not in the same class, but she prob- they probably knew each other. They still have papers in the attic. I still have not given up hope of getting a Mary to fellow student letter. I think they probably have all been thrown out, but we don't know that. So someday they'll finish going through all their papers and letters. Uh, they have uh, three different sets of craft, craft activities that will be offered every Tuesday through, and Friday throughout July. It's not a day camp. The goal of the program is for adults and children to do activities together. Adults must remain with their children and activities are designed for children between 6 and 10. Um, uh, younger siblings are welcome to join in to the best of their ability, and each day they will feature a building or exhibit before heading to the craft barn to make a craft. It's a really nice living history set, um, and they have been working on it many decades, so building by building, they really have it set up nicely. Uh, the National Cowgirl Museum in Fort Worth, Texas, had previously had an annual Laura event, but they stopped having it. They brought it back for Laura's 150th as a one-shot, and I keep checking to see if they're adding it back, and so far, no events scheduled. So far, I, I think that I may, starting next year, pull some of these places that used to have an event that doesn't and just list them, because... It has been several years now, but then again, who knows? They may, as soon as I do that, they'll start having them again. Project Archaeology is a group that offers classes for teachers to get a license renewal credit, uh, and you can get continuing education credit for Minnesota or college credit 
for Project Archaeology's uh, Little House on the Prairie class. There are only going to be 16 seats. It's 129 for continuing edu- education credit and 152 for college credit. It looks like it's going to be severely close to the Project Archaeology class I did uh, probably 10 years ago now at the Herbert Hoover Presidential Library. There's a link on my list to the website for the class and the agenda for the class. And the first day, I would say, is pretty much exactly what we did at Hoover, or at least pretty darn close. The second day is going to have more Laura stuff, but it's still mostly Pioneer in general, not Laura-specific. Uh, the Missouri Cherry Blossom Festival in Marshall, Missouri happens every year. This year it was April 27th and April 28th. Uh, and it is always a unique thing. And one of these years I'm going to have somebody on to talk about it. But we are running out of time. So I just quickly want to mention that I always have a time on here. Uh, I have a a cast reunion events. My, I list them if there is, if they're at a home site, no matter how many actors there are, I list them if they're not at a home site, if there are three or more cast members, because there's a lot of cast members that, you know, just singly do one of these, or do events here and there, and I don't want to have to list all of them. So uh, Macon, Missouri had the Northeast Missouri Spring Pickers Market, April 1st and 2nd. Bloomfield, Iowa had the Midwest Antique Fest and Flea Market, May 12th and 13th. The one I went to, which you can get the uh, my roving report for, is um, was Hannibal, Missouri, and that was May 14th. Uh, grant there I think will be others added but for right now uh, the Grand Rivers Kentucky is the next one August 25th and 26th and it's going to be at Patty's 1880 settlement Orlando Florida is going to be more of a formal kind of con event fanboy expo Orlando convention is going to be September 1st through the 3rd uh, also in September, and I think they have sold out now, but there's going to be a Pioneer Woman Mercantile event, uh, and they're actually doing a Little House murder mystery dinner, and I have no idea what that's going to be. Uh, I would really like to know, but I'm not going to to be hitting that one. Uh, also in that same town, they're doing the Prairie Folks Antique and Crafts Festival, September 23rd to 24th. The Jean Autry Museum, which is named for the, the Jean, Jean Autry, the actor, and is one of the most important museums of the American West, had Little House in the Prairie Celebration, uh, May 13th. That was more of a tribute to Michael Landon and the people behind the television show. A Little House in the Prairie, the musical, um, I need to search again and see where it is. It was in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, February 3rd and 5th. I would be very much surprised if there isn't somebody else doing it, but I need to search again. Uh, Lauren's Wilder Legacy and Research Association have been doing online events 
and I missed the last one, and the next one's going to be June 11th. You have to sign up with the their organization and have a, a membership or at least some of them you can buy a separate ticket, but just get the membership. And with that, we're looking ahead to 2024, where the 50th anniversary of the TV show and cast reunion, where the TV show was shot, Simi Valley, California, is going to be March 22nd and 24th of 2024. There will also be one in Walnut Grove. It's going to be one of the pageant weekends. And that's it. That's what I've got so far. Oh, except I wanted to be sure to mention um, that in DeSmet, they're going to be doing a special exhibit this summer that is going to be uh, based on Garth Williams, and they're going to be exhibiting over 70 original illustrations. Uh, They are going to have also, uh, Six Weeks of Pioneer Women, a special exhibit focusing on single women homesteaders in cooperation with the Hazel Meyer Library's Tea and Talk uh, from, with the South Dakota Humanities Council, Hannah Hasgard as the featured speaker, uh, and that has closed for the year. Walnut Grove is reworking the pageant we talked about. Desmet is redoing Main Street, including having Western sculptures, including a cowboy almost five feet tall, uh, Paz Boots, which is seven feet tall, a horse 10 feet tall. And there was a photo of that in the uh, Keystone Journal. and I mean, I'm sorry, Kingsbury Journal. And that is really very pretty. Um, They're going to buy some, rent some, add wagon wheel benches, 20 mature trees, decorative street art, uh, street lamps and flower holders. They plan on having six statues in place by May 24th, and they were working on that the last time I heard, so they are probably in place. And that is it. So uh, thank you for joining me today on my uh, podcast about what to look for in Laura Ingalls Wilder fandom this year be sure to keep an eye out i will keep updated as we go and at the end of the year i will do another uh, program talking about how all these things worked out thank you for joining me today remember to find me all around the web under trendlebed tales and to brighten the corner where you are Thank <laughs> you.